Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And this morning on this Easter Sunday, we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. After 40 days of Lent, today we rejoice that the tomb is empty. Jesus truly has risen from the dead. But today, this Easter Sunday is different because we are unable to worship together in our churches as we all face the coronavirus pandemic, which we pray for peace, we pray for healing for all those who are suffering. We also pray for all those who are working to find a cure, and we pray for all of our health professionals, our researchers, and medical personnel. Though we are still confined to our homes for our safety and our health and well-being, we still look for hope in life and faith. And my guest this morning on this Easter Sunday is the Bishop of Pittsburgh, Most Reverend David A. Zubik. Bishop, welcome back this morning to Catholic Education Plus. Thanks, Father Tom, and to all your listeners today. And, and first and foremost, I, I do wish all of you a, a very blessed uh, Easter. May you truly feel the hope uh, that, in fact, is a gift that comes to us from Jesus rising from the dead. And, Bishop, before we start, uh, congratulations on your 23rd anniversary of your nation as bishop uh, this past Monday, April the 6th, 23 years. Uh, that's phenomenal. Congratulations. Well, it's uh, it's hard to believe, uh, but at the same time, thanks for your prayers, and just to ask for the prayers of all your listeners that I can continue to to grow and to be a good shepherd for all of our people. And I remember that day; I was uh, still in the I was in the seminary back then, twenty three years ago, uh, in nineteen ninety seven in April uh, at St. Vincent Seminary as a first theologian. So, how quickly all those years uh, go by. Now, Bishop Zubik, you said that your decision to suspend the public masses affected March 16th. It broke your heart, but it was necessary to protect the public health, and later we were reinforced by Governor Wolf's uh, stay-at-home directive. Most people seem to understand, even though they miss the Holy Eucharist and the other sacraments. What feedback are you receiving from our people? Well, uh, as you'd expect on any decision like that one, uh, there there are strong feelings on both sides. Uh, you know, a lot of people uh, really were grateful that I made the decision because in the end, it was made to really protect all of us from a contagion about which we know very little except that it, it has the potential to be deadly. And on the other side, there were a lot of people who were upset because um, all of us certainly appreciate uh, the, the celebration of the Mass and especially the gift that comes to us of receiving Jesus in Holy Communion. 
And uh, I could certainly understand uh, why people were upset about the decision, uh, but I really tried to help them to understand that um, it wasn't an easy decision to make, but it was one that was necessary in terms of trying to really uh, help uh, not spread a virus that, that, that could infect uh, so many of us. You know, it's an interesting um, uh, part of history uh, that uh, I'm not the first bishop of Pittsburgh to make that kind of a decision. Um, I learned over the course of the last couple of weeks that back in October of uh, 1918, Archbishop Regis Canavan, who was the, 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 the fifth bishop of Pittsburgh, had to make the same decision. You know, he had to close all of the churches in the diocese, had to suspend all of the masses, all of the sacraments, uh, any activities in our parishes because of the Spanish flu. And one of the instructions that that Archbishop Canavan gave in, in his letter was that it was imperative that all of us really follow the direction of our of our uh, civic leaders, because they were the ones who were responsible for making sure that we could be as safe as possible. I think for people who are students of history, they know that the Spanish influenza of the night of 1918 was a was a deadly uh, uh, health uh, concern to an awful lot of people. So um, once again, as Archbishop Canavan made that decision back in 2018, and as I, I made uh, my decision here in two, two, 2020, the the reason why we why I did it, the reason why he did it, is to make sure that we could protect each other uh, from uh, something that, that that could be uh, uh, have a deadly effect on all of us. Yeah, and it's not. Uh, it's not something that is an easy decision to make, but obviously the health and well-being of uh, the people are your main concern, and also uh, the priests too. So, um, but we had we had to do that as directed from the uh, government leaders. No, and we know also letter, that our Holy Father Pope Francis uh, did the very same thing. You know, uh, yeah. so many of us who have had a chance to be able to to say our Holy Father's prayer service a week ago Friday, and when we saw him be able to celebrate uh, the, the uh, Palm Sunday Mass in St. Peter's Basilica, noted that the, the, the basilica that holds thousands of people was was empty because of the, the same kind of threat that uh, that Italy is facing that we're facing as well. Now, in your pastoral letter, The Other Side of the Corona, which was released back on March 20th, you point out that the word corona traditionally means the crown of Mary, who is praying for us always. Many people are feeling alone and helpless and scared right now. Uh, How can they call upon our Blessed Mother to intercede for them in this very difficult time? Well, first of all, I'm going to say something about the title of the pastoral letter, and and I wanted to to give a positive spin to something, to a word that frightens us. The word corona frightens all of us because of the fear of of, of getting a disease. But for so many people, and especially for an awful lot of uh, people from Italy, the the word corona del rosario, you know, points to the the crown of Mary, and I think that. Um, you know, Mary is such an important part of our of our faith journey, uh, and and what we know about Mary, obviously, is that you know she's not only the mother of Jesus, she is the mother of the church, and she's the mother of 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 each one of us. And you know, where we meet Mary in the Gospels, she's always poised to be there to be part of God's plan to save us and to help us. You know, starting off with uh, Mary uh, in the Annunciation, you know, she's 
being uh, told that God wants her to be the mother of the Savior. It was a frightening experience for her. She said yes, not only to God's plan, but to help us. We see the story of Mary uh, on her way uh, while she's pregnant to visit her cousin Elizabeth to support her once again. Mary is a sign of help. We see Mary, obviously, at the, the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem. and Once again, she gives birth to the Savior so that he's going to be the one that leads us to salvation. Um, and I think that, you know, as we move along the line, you know, two of the very significant events that we need to focus our attention on would be the wedding feast at Cana. I think that uh, there are two uh, important prayers that have been released at this time of the pandemic. One is a prayer uh, by Pope Francis, and the other one is a, is a, a national prayer for us in the United States. And in both of those prayers, uh, we are called to invoke Mary, who helped the, the, the people at the wedding feast of Cana, that she can help us at this moment. And the second uh, uh, seen in the scriptures that can be a source of consolation to us is Mary standing at the foot of the cross. And what we know is that Mary's heart was so heavy about what was happening to her son on the cross. And we know that as a mother, Mary's heart is heavy for us as we're suffering through all of this difficulty today. So just as uh, all of us have known in our histories, past or present, that when we are fearful, one of the first people that we go to is our moms. You know, we we learn that as as as, as infants, as 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 little babies, as uh, as children growing up, and that doesn't go away even when uh, we, in fact, are adults. And so I know in my own life. In the face of these challenges, you know, I go to, to both of my mothers. I go to Mary to speak to her uh, and uh, to ask her help, especially when I'm faced with making some tough decisions. And I also talk to my own mom, who uh, passed on uh, in 2006, knowing that in so many ways uh, she is my guardian angel. And really, there's a third mother that we really approach, and that's uh, Holy Mother Church, who gives us so many pathways that can help us come to to pray and to connect with Jesus. Now, uh, Catholics are learning more about spiritual communion meant to be prayed when we can't physically receive the Eucharist, and you learned about this at a very young age. Can you tell our listeners this morning about that wonderful story? Sure. When I was growing up uh, in our parish, we received First Holy Communion in the third grade. And I still remember Sister Joella, uh, who was our teacher, and she was the one who helped us to prepare for First Holy Communion. Um, during those days, uh, people did not receive Holy Communion as often as we have been accustomed to do so in our own day. And she said, boys and girls, you know, there will be days, many days, when you will not be able to go to Holy Communion. And she told us that uh, that we should learn a prayer, which she taught us. It's a prayer called an act of spiritual communion. Uh, and I'd like to repeat that prayer now because it, it made such an impression on me, and I think it's so helpful for so many people today who who aren't able, for example, on a day like today on Easter Sunday to receive Jesus and, and the Holy Eucharist. And this is the prayer that Sister Joella taught us. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the Most Holy Sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. 
that prayer uh, has been a consolation to me for uh, over many years since I first received Holy Communion in 1958. Uh, and um, I'll always be grateful to Sister Joella for uh, teaching my classmates and I that prayer, and I'm more than happy to pass it on to, to all of our faithful who can benefit from that prayer as I have. That is a beautiful prayer, and if people can recite that, uh, if they're watching Mass via the TV or the Internet, uh, Facebook Live, uh, YouTube, all the extra things that the priests are doing, uh, that's just so wonderful to be able to say that prayer and to say, we're receiving Jesus, even though we can't physically be in church uh, definitely, uh, he's right there with us. So that that's wonderful. And you, and you know, Father Tom, we we uh, we live stream the mass every day from our chapel here at St. Paul Seminary, where I live. And uh, every uh, every mass during Holy Communion, uh, we uh, repeat that prayer for people who aren't able to receive uh, the Eucharist sacramentally. That's beautiful. We'll take a break. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Catholic Education Plus on KDK Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Education Plus. I'm Father Tom Burke, the pastor of St. Mary Magdalene Parish in the East End, Point Breeze, and Wilkinsburg section of Pittsburgh. And on this Easter Sunday, 2020, I'm very honored to have our diocesan bishop, Bishop Zubik, uh, with us this morning. And this is a very different Easter Sunday. Uh, we are all confined to our homes and facing this coronavirus pandemic, but we still celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and, and the hope and life after death. Now, Bishop, uh, as we begin this second segment, you speak often about the need for everyone to learn Jesus, love Jesus, and to live Jesus. I love that uh, statement. What ways can this crisis perhaps be an opportunity for us to better to learn Jesus? Uh, what happens in all of our personal relationships, you know, when, or when we have best friends or uh, people who have fallen in love and, and get married, you know, there's a whole process there that the, the more that we begin to learn about people, the more we, we fall more deeply in love with them, and our lives are influenced by, uh, by them as well, too. Well, that being said about those special relationships that we have in our life, it's even more important when we take a look at our relationship with Jesus. And, and I fear that sometimes, you know, we have become so busy or so focused on the things that are important to us that sometimes uh, there's a tendency to put Jesus on the back burner, you know, and not to really come to know him. You know, one of the reasons why we, we began our mission for the Church Alive, the most important reason why we began it, is to really help people come to know Jesus better. And uh, I certainly didn't anticipate uh, when writing uh, that particular prayer, our mission prayer, to learn Jesus, to love Jesus, and to live Jesus, that we would be facing the pandemic that is currently a part of our history. But it does afford us the opportunity in these moments when our schedules have been upended, when many of us are working from home or we're self-quarantined at home, that we can stop, slow down, and as much as we're coming to a deeper appreciation of our families and friends, it's really important for us to come to... Uh, Realize who Jesus is in our lives, and maybe as we focus on um, on our Bibles or our prayer or or the masses that we see live streamed or, or devotions that are part of the live stream process, that we really take it as an opportunity, as an invitation, to really come to know Jesus better. Because the result of all that 
is that we can love him more, and if and, and as we come to love him more, then it's going to be important that our lives are, are, are able to show it. You know, the more that we find ourselves distanced from the Lord, the more that it becomes obvious that we're that we're becoming less and less like him. And so, the opposite side of the coin is an opportunity that uh, this pandemic brings us to be able to appreciate, you know, knowing who Jesus is, how he affects my life, how I can love him more, and how I can demonstrate that love, especially in the ways that that I look out for other people and treat each other people with love. You know, there's, there's, you know, one way of doing good, and it's because it's a good human thing to do. But more important for us as people of faith you know, we seek to live uh, Jesus, and we seek to do good for other people because we really want to imitate Jesus, who is the ultimate teacher of, of self-sacrificing love. And I've been talking to my parishioners here at St. Mary Magdalene, and they they miss Mass. They miss coming to church or just being able to come in and pray. And I, I hear it when I'm, I call my parishioners, the homebound, the, the senior citizens, the young families, they're really hungry and earning, and they say, we really miss something. And I think it's a great wake-up call for everybody and, and people that maybe have fallen away from their faith that all life is sacred. Their families are spending more time with their kids or their spouses, and maybe this could be a wake-up call for people to really appreciate what God has given them and, and come back to the Lord. And out of a negative, I always say there's something good that can, can be positive with that. Absolutely so. Now, with the traditional media like radio, and the church is using newer forms of communication to stay connected to God's people, uh, including live streaming masses, and I've been doing that at my parish, and the use of social media, how is that working so far? What have you heard from uh, our brother priests? Uh, I think a lot of uh, our brothers who uh, have the, the capability of live streaming have have said this is doing an incredible job to be able to uh, connect with their people, and and I know that uh, uh, as I celebrate Mass every day here at St. Paul Seminary where I live, we live stream uh, every day the, the Holy Mass as well as uh, several other times during the course of every day for people to join us in prayer, and you know through tech technology, we have a sense of how many people are actually connecting with us. And know last Sunday, when uh, it celebrated Palm Sunday, uh, we saw that there were 22,000 people who joined us uh, at our, our little seminary chapel for Holy Mass. You know, when you think about the size of St. Paul Cathedral, which is, uh, you know, one of the largest churches that we have in our diocese, you can only fit uh, somewhere around 15, 1,600 people in that church, and you stop to think that, you know, we were able to, uh, to, to multiply that many times by way of the live streaming. It's not uh, the perfect thing. It's not the the uh, the opportunity to actually be there, and especially to to hear God's word as it's proclaiming right within the church building. You know, the most important thing that we miss about all that is that that we you know, the, the majority of people who are connecting obviously can't receive Jesus sacramentally. And I know you know this, Father Tom, as I know it, and for all of our brother priests, it's a heartache to not be there with our people personally. But uh, fortunately, we have the blessing of being able to be there uh, virtually. 
you know, there's a little story that I want to share, and I hope you don't mind. Somebody shared this with me last week, and it's a little story that, that's called A Family in Lockdown, and the story goes like this. Forty days, forty nights in the ark, Noah's family was confined in a boat. There were no windows, no balconies, no terraces, no Internet, no phone, no YouTube, no Facebook, no Netflix. They only heard the rain. They spent their time praying, loving each other, and caring for animals. God the Father took care of them as Noah was a man of faith and obeyed his word. Remember, even though there is out there an ocean of viruses, and life for us seems like a stormy ride, our God is watching over us. Don't be afraid. Be faithful to him and wait patiently. The rain will stop one day, a rainbow will shine, and all will be well again. That's a story I think it's important for us to, to remember, uh, and that we, sh- we can be grateful for communications that allows us to be able to hear those kinds of messages, which connect us to uh, stories that we've come to be familiar with in the Bible. I love that. That is great. Now, our final question, the final minute, uh, 30 seconds that we have. I could talk to you all day. This is great. Um, But how can, and this is important for me as a pastor, how can the parishioners continue to support their parishes and school uh, during this difficult time? Well, the most important thing that we can do for each other, without any question, is that we've got to pray for each other. You know, we really have to do that. Intercessory prayer is an important part of our faith journey. Second of all, I think it's really important that we look for ways, uh, maintaining social distance, of course, where we can be of help to each other. You know, possibly younger people being able to go to the grocery store, leaving uh, groceries on the, the front porch of people who are older and who can't get out. But there's a third thing that we, we really need to be able to do is to continue to support the work, especially of our parishes. You know, with um, a lot of people not not coming to church, uh, folks uh, have um, maybe forgotten about how important it is to be able to support the church by their offerings. And uh, I know that you as pastor of a wonderful parish in the East End and all of our pastors of our 152 parishes really appreciate every single effort uh, that uh, people make to keep the work of the church going. And I just want to thank people for the ways in which you're so sensitive to the needs of your parish and to the diocese as a whole and all that you do to really help us continue to do the work of the Lord, because that's what it means to be on mission for the church alive. Absolutely. Bishop David Zubik, the Bishop of Pittsburgh, thanks for being with us this morning on this Easter Sunday. God bless you, and happy Easter again. Thanks. We'll be back in a moment on KDK Radio. In our plus segment this morning on this Easter Sunday, I want to wish everybody a very blessed and happy Easter of 2020. Obviously, as I mentioned earlier in my program, this is definitely a different Easter, a different Easter for you and me. Uh, for me not being able to physically celebrate Mass uh, in the church live with all of my parishioners, definitely different, but we still are celebrating the resurrection of our Lord and life after death, and, and the Lord gives us hope. So let us uh, really spend some quality time in prayer today uh, with our families via phone or uh, Internet and just really celebrate life after death on this blessed Easter season, and we will definitely get, uh, get through this. So on behalf of the entire uh, Diocese of Pittsburgh, Happy Easter.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.